Our reading today are words from Reverend Kimberly DeGoose. Do you hear? Because if ever there was a time, this is the time to open up your heart and hear. This is the time to re-engage with what matters, what our faith calls us to. This is the time for strong words and rebellious thoughts and bold, beautiful, creative acts of resistance. This is the time to be mad as hell and not to take it anymore. This is the time to be the people we have been waiting for. This is the time to figure out what you will do to help resist hate and fear and discrimination and violence. This is the time for courage, even a drop or two, as we make our way in this uncertain world. This is a time for heroes, and so we must reach for the stars. It's time. <clears throat> Do you hear? Don't save the best for last. There are the obvious reasons not to save the best for last. At dinner, you might be too full to enjoy the best. Perhaps have a little earlier than the finale. And life, you may not be fortunate enough to live long enough to enjoy the last. So don't put it off too long. But there are other reasons beyond the obvious as well. A year and a half ago, I found myself sitting on the beach at the southernmost point of the continental United States, pondering the meaning of life. I admit, I do that a lot. But on that day, sitting on this park bench at the southern tip of Key West, admiring the 90 miles of water between me and Havana, Cuba, Suspended on just a few square miles of sandy earth, I got part of an answer. As I looked out from my seat on a park bench under the shade of a pine tree, feeling the rough wood of the bench under me, and mesmerized by the little particles of creatures and stone in the sand, I couldn't help notice the sand also feeding the tree and wondering if the tree felt anything for the wood under me. And then the impermanence of it all just washed over me. The impermanence of it all. And I remembered a story from the Talmud about King Solomon. The version of the story that I share with you now and the one that came to my heart is found in Doorways to the Soul. King Solomon was wise and powerful with riches beyond compare, and yet he was not content. 
I am too often depressed by life, he told his trusted advisors, his wise men. If things go my way, I do not trust that they will last. And if things do not go my way, then I fear that my misery will never end. And yet, I have dreamt that there is a ring. In this dream, I see this ring, and the ring has the knowledge, the knowledge that will bring me peace of mind. Please, go and find me this ring. I wish to have it by Succoth six months from now. Well, the king's advisors went their own own way, asking in each place they went for this marvelous, powerful ring that would bring their king peace of mind. They traveled everywhere. They traveled to the finest jewelers and goldsmiths in Jerusalem and described the magic qualities of the ring, but no one had heard of it. They traveled to Damascus and Babylon and spoke to traders and merchants who had traveled the seas, but no one had heard of such a ring far and wide. They traveled to Egypt and many other places and could not find the ring or any rumor of it. Many times the king asked them if they had found that ring and they had to reply, Not yet, your highness. King Solomon's hopes began to fade. Six months passed, and on the last night before Succoth Eve, the advisors still had not found the ring, and they had given up. All save one, the youngest advisor. Unable to sleep that night, he walked through the city streets all night long. And then he came upon a man setting out his simple jewelry, an old man setting out simple jewelry and trinkets to sell by the street. In one last attempt, the advisor described the ring to this man, and the old man was quiet for a while. And then he smiled. Well, he went inside his simple dwelling and returned with a simple golden ring. And then, with a sharp tool, he engraved some words on the ring and gave it to the advisor. The advisor looked upon the ring and read the words, and then a look of Joy came on his face, and his heart became warm, and he said, This is the ring! He gave the old man all the money he had, and he made his way to the palace. That evening, at the Succoth feast, King Solomon silenced the crowd. Advisors, he said, have you found the ring of my dream? We have, your highness said the youngest advisor. He came forward and placed the ring on King Solomon's hand. The king looked at the ring and recognized the words engraved there in Hebrew, Jam Jev Javur. This too shall pass. As he read, the king's sorrows turned to joy. 
and his joys turned to sorrow. And then his joy and his sorrow gave way to peace. From then on, the king was reminded from that moment that all of his riches and glories would pass away because they were impermanent. And all his sorrows would pass away with them. From that time, he wore the ring to be reminded that in good times and bad, this too shall pass. It is a lesson of truth. And like King Solomon, we must remember it. All of our accumulations, all of our wealth, all of our things will pass. All of our joys and our sorrows will wash away. And yet, something remains. I have seen the family of a loved one who has passed remember the love that person gave them and be held by it while the body is gone, long after their passing. And that love, I have seen it pass along and echo through generations. The thing that passes on is resilience. That. Back at the park in Florida's Key West, there between King Solomon's impermanence and the sand on my toes, I realized that what makes life resilient What makes life resilient is different. Matter moves through the universe in more or less predictable ways. A rock is only resilient if you forget about weather and time. But life does one thing consistently. Life does not try to control outcomes or fix, and it never stays the same, no matter how much We wish it could. The resilience of life is that it creates a new possibility for the universe. Always. Sitting on that beach, it occurred to me to ask myself a different question. What is my possibility? What is my possibility? I have this short-term lease on a collection of atoms here. And for this short period of time, these atoms move more or less at my command. How wonderful. How miraculous. And so, what am I bringing to this world that brings the possibilities I long for? What is my possibility that I will make resilient? A wise person, Joe Lillian Zverdling, once said this. From starfish, I have learned that if we keep our core intact, we can regenerate. We can fall apart, lose limbs, and regrow them as long as we don't let anyone threaten the integrity of our central disk. We can grow all kinds of 
different arms depending on what kind of sea star we are. That central disc, for me, is about weaving the threads of compassion stronger and longer through individual lives, but also through the ways that we put our organizations together, the way we build our associations. How can we strengthen compassion? I'm one of many, I'm sure, who brings the possibility of more compassion to this world. If I focus on that, I can make that resilient. Because I can ask myself at any moment, big decision or small, in any situation, how can I bring more compassion in this moment? What is the central disk of the starfish for you? Let's take a moment and dive into this question. What is most important to you? What stirs your soul with joy? What is utterly beautiful? When in your life you give attention to that and you care for that, what possibility are you creating in the world with your short-term lease on a collection of atoms? I invite you to say to yourself, whisper, or in your heart, that possibility. I am the possibility of bringing this to the world, whatever your this is at your core. I am the possibility of bringing this to the world. In the quote, Zwerdling says, we can be resilient as long as we don't let anyone threaten that central disk's integrity. Hmm. Do you remember the paper plate and the paper bowl? So often, we are the ones, not anyone else, who are most likely to threaten the integrity of our central disk. Why? Because we put secondary things first. Take family, for example. A lot of people would say family or friends are most important, and you've heard that among our youngest. Yet they find themselves putting other things first on their schedules. They say things like, I have to get this done, and then I can go enjoy some time with my family and friends. Or, I have to work hard to support my family, and that is why I do not have time with them. There is nothing wrong with being responsible. And yet, at some point, when this becomes habitual, when it becomes the overwhelming habit of our lives to put secondary things or tertiary things or even downright unimportant things first in our minds and first in our hearts, then what we have given attention to is what grows. What we give attention to grows. 
That is what the organizer and author, Adrienne Marie Brown, writes about in her book, Emergent Strategy, which I highly recommend if you have time. You can make the time. Brown is talking about organizing for a new way of creating a just and equitable society. But you know what? She's talking about a principle in biology and neuroscience and behavioral science that which you pay attention to gets stronger. That which we think about again and again receives in our minds and our between our neurons a stronger neurochemical connection. We get longer dendrites, and so we actually can think about that faster. And thinking about something more and more gives us the capacity to think about that some more over other things. And the muscles we give attention to through effort, those are the muscles that grow stronger. And the behaviors and words of other people that we respond to, those tend to be the words that become more persistent. It is no different with how we spend our time in life. Whether we save the best for last habitually or simply take on too many good things in our plate and we become unstable, whether like King Solomon we amass riches to protect us from hardship or spend our waking hours worried about the possibility of hardship, what we pay attention to becomes our resilience. Let that wash over you. What we pay attention to becomes our resilience. So what will become your resilience? What is the core possibility you long for in this world that you will give attention to and make resilient in your life and from your life? What will you say no to? in order to pay attention to that? What is your core that you will protect? As a community, facing what promises to be a challenging year of environmental crisis, political (laughs) drama, and the onslaught of words and policies that are threatening justice, what will become our resilience? Two weeks ago, we read our principles printed in the order of service. They remind us that our faith brings a unique possibility to this world, the fervent belief that there is no better focus for our lives than to make this world more beloved, to build a beloved community, no matter our belief in an afterlife or not, or God or gods or no God. There's no better focus for our time here and to make this world more just and compassionate. Our principles we have determined are our path to get there. We do not merely believe in our principles, we promote and affirm them. To make the core of who and what we are resilient, we must continually make choices to give attention to that. When opportunities come before us to affirm racial justice, to dismantle systems of white supremacy and other systems of oppression, promote welcoming here as we have with our sign and our words, or promote it statewide, then we have a chance to focus our attention on our core. And yet, when worries about being big enough or having a nice enough whatever occupy our minds, we are 
crowding out our core. It is not our way to beloved community, then it must not become our resilience. Let us focus on what is most important. When opportunities come before us to enjoy a community that supports one another's spiritual growth and maturity and welcomes diversity, then we have an opportunity to focus on our core. And yet, when worries about all the things we have to do or be able to buy, then our worries are getting in the way of our fellowship. And that's getting in the way of what we have said is most important to us. As a faith and as individuals, let us all give attention to our core and continually ask ourselves, revisiting the question, What shall I focus on in this moment? What do I need to set aside? And what is the core possibility that I want to bring and make resilient in this world? I leave us with a poem from Maya Angelou. Continue. My wish for you is that you continue. Continue to be who and how you are to astonish a mean world with your acts of kindness. Continue to allow humor to lighten your burden in your tender heart. Continue in a society dark with cruelty to let the people hear the grandeur of God in the peals of your laughter. Continue to let your eloquence elevate the people to heights they had only imagined. Continue to remind the people that each is as good as the other and that no one is beneath you nor above you. Continue to remember your own young years and look with favor upon the lost and the least and the lonely. Continue to put the mantle of your protection around the bodies of the young and the defenseless. Continue to take the hand of the despised and the diseased and walk proudly with them in the high street. Some might see you and be encouraged to do likewise. Continue to plant a public kiss of concern on the cheek of the sick and the aged and the infirm and count that as a natural action to be expected. Continue to let gratitude be your pillow upon which you kneel to say your nightly prayer and let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. And continue to ignore no vision which comes to enlarge your spirit, enlarge your range, and increase your spirit. Continue to dare to love deeply and risk everything for the good thing. Continue to float in the sea of infinite substance, which set aside riches for you before you even had a name. Continue, and by doing so, you and your work will be able to continue eternally. May it be so. Blessed be. And amen.